Welcome back to When Life Gives You Melons, the podcast for the dyslexic community. We're your hosts. I'm Reed. And I'm Drew. And our topic today is one that I didn't write about. Our script is actually written by Drew, so we're just going to let her uh, take over the reins. Cool. This script is about the simple view of reading. In the 80s, there was a lot of debate about the right way to teach children how to read. Some people argued for a top-down approach. Basically, if a child understands language, then they should be able to learn how to read. And others argued for a bottom-up approach, which means that if a child has the right decoding skills, they should be able to read the word. In order to clarify the role of decoding and reading, in 1986, Garth and Tummer came up with the simple view of reading formula. Yeah, and that reading formula kind of goes a little bit like this. It's decoding times language comprehension equals reading comprehension. It's supposed to be scientifically, you know, researched and, and proven for that. Basically, reading comprehension is a very complex ability. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not skill-based, really. It's really yeah. knowledge-based. And you need two specific skills that are the basis of that knowledge. The first is decoding, and the second is language comprehension. So decoding is just efficient word recognition. It's the ability to break apart a word. So even if a student can understand the word that's spoken to them, like if someone's reading these words to you, if a student can't accurately decode or take apart that word, they won't have the actual reading comprehension for that word part of my reading comprehension or my reading therapy was learning how to take apart large words and find the kind of like it's like a train with different carts you can put on and you start recognizing the different carts in this train like o-u-s is us at the end of a word and things like that you're not taught that in school that's decoding or at least when you are taught it it is given as a very much a baseline and then you're expected to learn the rest through your own reading practice experiences which if you don't have that base phonics for decoding you're not you don't have the ability to do that mm -hmm. then with language comprehension a student who has great decoding skills and can read well may not have reading comprehension if they don't know what those words mean. I actually find that kind of interesting because it's like people tend to get this decoding issue and this language comprehension issue a little bit mixed up. And we as dyslexics, especially in our family, we have this issue with decoding, right? We have no issue with language comprehension. We understand words, their context. We even have a very large vocabulary for seemingly our air quote disability. And I've actually straight up been told by teachers that they are surprised that I can comprehend anything that I read because of how hard reading is for me. What they don't understand is that it's just the decoding that's hard for me. My language comprehension is perfectly fine. Once you get past that, like, stuttering over the word or trying to figure out what it is, and you're like, that's what that word is. You know exactly where it fits into the sentence or the paragraph that you're using. You can't just think that because we have an issue with reading that we also don't comprehend. We have an issue with decoding. We comprehend just fine. The simple view of reading formula basically says that your reading comprehension is only going to be as good as your ability to decode words and your language comprehension. Those two things is what dictates what your reading comprehension is going to be. When dyslexics get tested, we tend to have normal to good language comprehension and poor decoding skills. 
Reading involves this complex integration of a ton of different skills. Proficient readers seem to make that process look effortless, but reading instruction for all students still requires this systematic way of going about it in both reading and in comprehension. This is actually interesting. I remember being tested specifically for these three different things while going through my reading therapy. My decoding is obviously not that great. My language comprehension is just dandy. My reading comprehension is what had to continuously go up for me to be for me to be allowed to go on to the next segment in the therapy. And mm-hmm. you, you're not allowed to move forward unless you get it perfect, basically, which is good. Yeah, and they let you take the time to make it perfect. They don't push you faster than what you're catching on to. Well, it's because introducing a stress or a like a, a time limit or a panic situation can help some people with learning. But when it comes to this decoding issue and this physical way of processing that's different, adding a time limit to it is going to make any student really just have a mild panic and not be able to work as well as it could be working because they have this time limit that they're trying to fight with. And we're already fighting with trying to decode, plus having a time limit, it's too much stuff. In order to know what a particular student's weaknesses are, you have to test for them. Someone who's struggling with reading might have poor decoding skills like me and Reed do, or they might have poor language comprehension, which that's just, you can work on that as well. That's a lot of uh, dictionary definitions and understanding. That's comprehension. That actually was another class in my school. Some kids were in reading therapy and some kids were specifically in reading comprehension class. They had the reading just down dandy and fine. It was the inability to comprehend what they were reading when they were reading it. And that can come with a lot of other stuff. It is part of dyslexia sometimes. It Mm -hmm. it can be a part of ADHD because you're moving too fast. That's also, it's just so interesting. I know that other schools didn't do that, but it was Mm -hmm. so normal to me to see, like I was in my reading, you know, therapy group. And then a kid my same grade would be during that time going off and doing reading comprehension. And I will say this, once you got done with reading therapy, you either went into reading comprehension, depending how many more years you had at that school, or you got a a study hall like me. I, I went and was a teacher's aide for my last two years at Norman Howard. Awesome. Yeah. So I remember. I just remembered that. So when the kid gets the proper testing, you can see where their weakness is, if it's in language comprehension or if it's in decoding. And whichever it is, is where you systematically hit those weaknesses and help build them up focus on, this just kind of shows that it's not one size fits all, that you have to be focusing on the specific weakness for you individually, which is why, you know, those classes should be so small. You shouldn't be having a ton of people in that reading class with you and you should be focusing on these things. Learning to read is not a simple skill. We did not evolve to be readers. Neurotypical readers take over the left side of their brain when they're learning how to read, which is the side of the brain that is used for language, which makes a lot of sense, which is probably why reading comes more naturally to them. Dyslexics take over the right side of the brain, which is more where we process pictures and emotions. This is why dyslexics need such detailed reading intervention is because we need to really work hard at using that left side of the brain, which is going to take a lot more repetition. It's a physically longer pathway, so that makes sense. And I know that that is something that is how you fall through the cracks in public school is that you do need this continuous repetition of something that should only be a week that you're learning in one one class segment. Well, here's the thing, boyo. I need that over years and years. And you can add more stuff into it as I'm getting better with that specific decoding issue. But the repetition always needs to be linking back to the basics. 
the basics are where the strength sits. I mean, to use an analogy, that's the same thing like in sports. I was a gymnast and you couldn't move on to a harder skill until you had the right body positioning and strength mm. for the skill you were working. Your base skill. For your base skill. You couldn't move forward until you had the right body positioning. It's a safety thing. But reading is the same thing. Almost any skill is the same thing. Really having a good base is the only way to have a strong base, to have a strong knowledge. To have the ability to build off of it, yeah, in general, to have, to be able to build a better knowledge in reading, you need to have something to hold that foundation together, right? Mm-hmm. And we as dyslexics are kind of glazed over, like you get like one week of instruction on this one type of thing, and it's like, okay, well, I don't understand how that works all together, and now we're moving on to our next skill, and I can't put this, the skill that you taught me last week with this next skill because I, I still don't understand the nuances of it. Mm-hmm. And it seems very much like you know, that you do just get told to like, well, figure it out as you go along. You got to catch up. Yeah. You got to catch up. And I will do this, like you said, with the reading stuff where they say that, like, you know, just continue on, just keep going through it. I was not allowed to move past my levels in reading therapy if I skipped a word. There is no skipping the word. There is no cover your finger over it and get past it and you'll think about it. You'll figure out what it's supposed to say later. That is not how dyslexia works. If I cover my finger over a word and skip it in the sentence, I will not learn that word because I physically read the word. I read, I don't do the last letter and the first letter like everyone else does where they just can like cite word and skip i physically read the word the whole word every time so you can't skip you you can't move on in therapy if you're skipping and that's how schools teach that's how mm-hmm. that's how public school teaches mm-hmm. skip it you'll figure skip it out it, later figure it out. Mm-hmm. no i didn't i didn't figure it out and i'm still having issues and i wonder why like mm-hmm. you'll figure it you'll out figure it out but I'm telling you right now, I can't figure, I can't it, out figure now, it out now, so how am I figuring it out later? And I have nothing to build these skills you're teaching onto because I have no base to start with. Another reason why it's so important to make sure these skills are drilled into dyslexics, people are, who are having issues um, catching on to these words and reading as fast as everybody else, the reason why it's so important to go as slow as they need to is because those skills that you're teaching them of how to decode, of how to sound out the words, they're going to take that skill and use it on every new word that they mm-hmm. see. And if they don't have those skills, they can't use them on the new words they find. Yes, exactly. Decoding is a teachable skill. And as a base of knowledge, it's really not that complicated. It's a lot of sounds and letters and how to put those together. It takes us longer to figure it out, but it's a teachable skill if you just take the time to teach it. Well, on top of that, if you take the time to teach it, I as a person that's gone through reading therapy, and not I'm not the best speller. Like, I'm still pretty shit at spelling. Let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest, guys. I'm not the best at that. But I have the ability to kind of figure out the spelling of words better than some people because I have this knowledge base that's drilled into me of how to break apart words, how to do my swooping, how to figure out the endings of words and, you know, stuff like that. It's just mm-hmm. knowledge is power and uh, really making sure that the knowledge is solidified is more power. Mm-hmm. I can't stress enough how important it is that dyslexics get the proper training in phonics. As well as the proper training and how to take apart a word using phonics. Most dyslexics issues, we don't have a phonics base. Mm-hmm. In order to achieve reading comprehension, dyslexics need an extreme amount of repetition in their decoding skills. 
without extreme repetition and mastery of these skills, dyslexics will never achieve effective reading comprehension. We just won't. And I have to say, it is angering that we are in two thousand that we are in two thousand twenty one. Twenty one. And so many educators still believe that if you can comprehend language, you have the ability to read. Man, I comprehend language. I, my mom used to do large vocabulary words with us and stuff like that. Like I know words. I cannot decode them. There's a huge difference. I was always commented on on how big my vocabulary was. Well, yeah, it's because we do most of our communicating through speech. So we're going to have more words that we use via that, like, reason. Yeah. We don't write. We have to use vocal language. Mm-hmm. Or if you're me when I was younger, I did a lot of hieroglyphics. I uh, I drew pictures. Me too. Yeah. My yeah. second grade teacher. Yep, second grade. Second grade teacher was Mrs. Wagner. Couldn't spell Wagner. Drew a dog's tail wagging. Yep. She thought that was cute. I, I did the same things. It's reference photos. It's reference photos, yeah. Put it this way. Our mom knew we were dyslexic, and our our both of our parents would like to, like, leave us little love notes randomly here and there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Drew was just like, oh, And I was like, yeah. Put it this way. Those love notes were, uh, my mom would, instead of writing out, I love you, she would put an eye, like, she would draw an eye and a heart and then a sheep because a female sheep is a you. Mm-hmm. And we knew that growing up, so I love I- you. <laughs> it was nice. Yeah, our parents, um, they really made it a, a nice house to grow up in in that way. They embraced it because they, they had to. It. I mean, most of their kids are this way. So what are you going to do? True. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to us once again. And it has been awesome possum yet again. You know where to find us on the Instagrams, melons.podcast. Why aren't you over there? Why? I say this every week. Go there. Go there. Hang out. Let's chill. Posts happen over there. You can send us messages there. I will message you back because that's what is up. You're going to get spelling mistakes. That's me. I'm dyslexic. Hello. We want to hear from you, though. So, please. Yes, we want to hear from you. We are a community, and we want to make it grow. We love making it grow. So, come talk to us. Tell us your stories. We want to hear what public school was like for you. If you were dyslexic or ADHD or any of that. Let us know. Come be a part of that little melon patch. And as always, my little melons, be different and be kind.